So today, today is not a day for joking around. The theme is joy. So this is serious stuff we're getting into now. And, um, you know, during the week I was thinking about, um, like, what's the, what's the funniest YouTube video I've ever seen? And, like, you, know, you might want to think about it yourself. What's the funniest YouTube video you've ever seen? And I was actually wanting to, I thought, oh, maybe I could play the funniest YouTube I've ever seen um, on the screen today. But then I thought, yeah, I just started wondering about, you know, putting a, playing a YouTube video on the screen while we're live streaming to YouTube. And that sort of like seemed like this infinity loop that might actually break YouTube. Break the internet. Break the, oh, so it would. Yeah, that's what I wondered. So I thought, I won't, I won't do that. But the, the one that came to mind, and you might have seen it, was um, uh, this, little, this little baby monkey Riding backwards on a pig, baby monkey. <laughs> You're laughing just at the memory. Anyway, it's the funniest one. Just you can just search it up on on your phone. Baby monkey riding backwards on a pig. It's been watched 28 million times. And I thought, you know, if there's one video, you know, we got five million people in New Zealand. Five million. I thought if there's if there's one video that I want, you know, people to watch. Five and a half times each. It's not going to be baby monkey riding backwards on a pig. But anyway, that, that's... So just search it up yourself. I don't want to break the internet. Um, hey, Sean, is, are those videos ready to go? Okay, uh, Anna, can you turn off the lights? Oh, not quite yet. Can you pause that and put his face up on the screen? Go big, yeah. So, and go back to the big. So, um, I, I've kind of learned, been learning about delegation. And... Um, and so I've asked a couple of a uh, couple of people to um, share this morning. And so the f- the first video is um, Ben McGregor from uh, Grace Vineyard, and he is honestly like the most joyful person I've ever met. First met him, I think, back in um, I don't know 2015 or something over in Ireland of all places. And I'm like, is this guy for real? Like nobody is like this. But it turns out he really is. He's incredible. So I'm just going to hand um, right over to Ben McGregor. I'm Ben McGregor and I'm part of the Grace Vineyard fam. And just wanted to say it is such a gift to talk to you guys today. Tessa and James are some of my heroes. They are incredible, aren't they? And I actually know them as Christian supermodels. They are awesome. And I felt very privileged to talk to you guys about joy because the greatest gift came into our lives this year. A beautiful joy And This is little Thea. She's six months old. And, yep, she's just dramatically looking into the distance. Nice girl. And she has brought so much joy into my life. And it's funny because uh, in the midst of having the greatest gift of a beautiful baby into my life, yep, yeah, there was a lot of crying this year, not just from her, but also me. <laughs> and a lot of lack of sleep as well. But it reminded me as well that happiness is a feeling, but joy is a choice. And there's this whole thing that in the midst of life, no matter what it throws at us, we can be happy in situations because we're um, reacting to the feelings that we and emotions that we feel towards a situation. But joy is actually choosing, no matter what the situation, to say that God is good, that he is faithful, and that we can rely on him. So choose joy, Thea. Choose joy. <laughs> I don't know how well this is planned out to be having a baby on the scene. <laughs> and the other thing that I've realized with joy is that joy isn't ignoring our pain, but joy is actually acknowledging that our pain doesn't have the final say. So it's 
knowing that actually Jesus understands our pain. In fact, I love this time of year of Christmas, remembering that Jesus came as a human, that Jesus came as a baby. In fact, his first words to the earth were exactly what Thea said. Thanks for finishing my sentence. Jesus came as a baby, and so he understands what it's like to be vulnerable, to be in need, and to be human, and to need to understand. Jesus knows what it's like to be human. He understands our weaknesses and our pain. And he didn't ignore our pain. In fact, Jesus wept. But he chose to be able But joy is saying that actually Jesus has the final say over our lives. That because of the cross, pain isn't the end of the story. That where we thought it was a full stop, that's just a comma to the end of the sentence. I might be in pain. I might be lonely. I might be hurt. I might be anxious this Christmas, but God is still good and he is still with me. So it's leaning into the rock of who Jesus is, isn't it? Yeah, lean into him. That's what she's saying. (laughs) And the final thing that I've really realized as I've learned more about the fruits of the spirit is that seriousness is not a fruit of the spirit, but joy is. And that is a gift from God because it's reminding us that we can't take ourselves too seriously. We take God seriously. We remember that he is holy, that he is mighty, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. And we take and we just remember that we can actually have joy in every season. So guys, thank you for listening. I'm praying for you and may you know his deep joy this Christmas. And especially in the midst of COVID, know that he is always good and he has the final say. And actually, no matter what's going on in the world, it doesn't matter because he is our joy. And so we can always trust in that. Yeah, amen. She's saying Capital Vineyard's my favorite church. I agree. Love you guys. And Lord, may you bless Capital Vineyard and may they know your deep joy this Christmas. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you. Let it get a hand with Thanks, Ben. Let go of my hand. <laughs> um, didn't pay him to say that about being a supermodel. Just, it is what it is. Uh, and then also I was on, um, I was on WhatsApp. Well, you know, uh, what's happening my fr- a friend of mine who lives over in Switzerland, who I've known uh, since I was in first year university. So we met um, uh, in, chemistry, in a chemistry lecture, and he, like not many kids were into skateboarding at that time, but, but he was another, another guy that was into skateboarding. So we met up and started going skateboarding together. He ended up um, com- coming to faith and, and so on. So anyway, I've known this guy for years and years and years, and, and I said... Um, Willie, um, can you send us a video? We're going to play it and play in church about about joy because he told me he had a, like a real journey of joy, journey of joy this year. So, Sean, is the next video ready to go? It is. Okay, hey everybody. I hope you're doing well. Feeling great. I'm here in a train in Switzerland, and um, I have to hold this thing kind of close to my face because I can't talk that loudly. Um, but um, Pastor Beatty asked. <laughs> Pastor, yeah, he is. He's a pastor. Um, pastor Beatty, he get. Oh, I'm not like. Uh, anyway, um, he asked me to <laughs> share something about my journey of joy this year. And actually, it's been a longer journey of joy because um, as long as I can remember, actually, as long as I've been alive, I've really been looking for joy. And I remember. When I first started following Jesus, I really found joy in His presence. And I, I remember the first day, actually, after I gave my life to Him, just just laughing for no reason, just the joy just bubbling up inside me. And um, 
Yeah, but um, since then, over the years, I'd often would have joy in the presence of God, but just in everyday life, I was really struggling with just heavy emotions and, yeah, a lot, a lot. That was, yeah, that was just, yeah, that was just it. And, um, and of course, I'd been always, like, focusing on God, giving thanks, worshipping, praising, and, and all that stuff helped, but then I would always just kind of go back to this, this, um, it's heavy, like, yeah, not, not, just not being able to enjoy life. It's kind of sad, really. But, um, just this year, actually, I've had, I just had, it's been, I've had amazing, actually, my life has been changed, and, um, uh, what is that? Well, we've actually had a difficult year. As far as circumstances go, probably one of the more difficult years in my life, just, um, yeah, challenges at work, challenges in um, our housing situation, uh, serious accident of one of our kids, and um, all kinds of stuff. But I've laughed more this year than I ever have, I think. I've had more joy in this year than I have in any other five years put together. And I guess the main thing that's changed um, is that I've just started thinking about the good things in my life. You know, I always knew you should focus on the positive and thank God, but I never really spent time thinking about it. You know, in, in Philippians somewhere it says, um, somewhere, <laughs> whatever's good, whatever's noble, whatever's true, etc., etc., think about those things. It's so biblical. And what I've been learning a bit is that um, in our mind we have these paths. They're like paths through a forest. And um, when we walk on those paths, the more we walk on them, the, like it's the more you walk on a path in the forest the wider it gets the flatter it gets and the easier it is to walk along there and it's like that with the things we think about if if we are always thinking about the things that um that cause negative emotions which is often the case that was always the case with me like my problems oh what's not quite right they would, it would just always be in the back of my mind then the path to those emotions gets wider and wider and wider and flatter and flatter and we go there more and more. But if we spend time actually thinking about the things that give us positive emotions, you know, like for me it might be skiing with my kids or or um, jumping on the trampoline with them. Like one thing that I always think about is we had like nine people, a couple of friends and all our kids and we we're all jumping on our little trampoline together and laughing together. And I think about that, I think about it over and over again. And uh, it builds that path up in my mind and I'm discovering that it's, it's like I'm practicing being joyful and I'm getting better and better at it all the time and it happens more naturally all the time. Yeah, I mean we all have, even though we have difficult things in our lives, we all have so many blessings. God has blessed us. I am one of the most blessed men in the entire world. And when we spend time thinking about those blessings, meditating on them, um, I found this, this scripture in, in Psalm 28 and I really love it. It talks about how um, he's talking about how joy rises up in his heart until it bursts out in songs of praise to God. And there's somewhere else where the psalmist talks about meditating on God's kindness. And that's what I've been doing. And it's made me a new man. All right. Love you guys and your pastor. <laughs> oh, I love it, eh? Pasta, pasta. <laughs>
<laughs> you can turn the lights on again. Thanks, Anna. So good, eh? Uh, well, I actually have like a six-page sermon to preach at you this morning, but I, I think that actually the Lord is just going, just, just bump that, bump that, bro. So um, I'm um, just going to try to try to summarise because um, I think Ben. Um, ben and Willie have just like covered so much, so much good stuff in there. I mean, even um, you know that that thing that Willie was talking about about the well-worn paths in your mind. Like, even if you can just go away with that, okay, what are the paths in your mind that you want to want to have like easy tracks on? And um, you know, that's uh, for me. That's got a, it's it's joy and peace and the goodness and the goodness of God. Well, let's read the Bible, eh? So I'm going to read from uh, Luke chapter 2, verse, uh, verses 1 to 21. But first I'll pray. Lord, Lord, thank you uh, for, for being here. We've been uh, like talking about joy a whole lot and thinking about it a whole lot. And uh, even now, Lord, would you come and would you... Um, uh, would you would you implant your joy in our heart, your spirit of joy in our heart, Lord? Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Like that, that deep joy, that deep joy that comes up, that is not dependent on circumstances, but that deep joy that comes up. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So Luke 2, it says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph went up from Galilee, from the, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby in a swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is well with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, which means quickly, and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Oh, three of them. No, there's a comma. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as had been told them. At the end of the eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Oh my goodness, I've got so much that I want to talk about with this, but I've really got to like drop a few things. Okay, so what we've got to, what we've got to see in this passage is, that what I think one of the things that we want to look at this morning is, 
what the angels said to the shepherds. So the shepherds are lying there out under the stars, chilling out, looking at the stars, and then all of a sudden this angel of the Lord appears. And often when, angels, when the angel of the Lord appears to people, people freak out. They absolutely freak out. So this is what happens to the shepherds. They freak out, and the angel says what often the angel says when people freak out, and they say, fear not, fear not. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Good news for all people. When we think about good news, we go, imagine like someone sends you a message. Good news. It might be, good news, Dave. You've got millions of dollars investment in your company. Boom. Good news, John. More houses to paint. Yeah. Good news. You finished exams. Or if we're thinking about uh, like good news for all people, you know, we look forward to the day where we open up the news and it says, what? What would be good news for all people at the moment? No more COVID. Yes. <laughs> like, let that come. No more COVID. That'd be good news for all people. Oh, what was that one? Sorry? Good news for all people. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. There, yeah, that's the ultimate good news. So back to the shepherds. I'm talking quickly. The, shepherds, the angel tells them, I've got good news of great joy. A baby who has been born today, who is the Savior in Christ the Lord. And we've got to somehow, um, I think the nativity scenes that we have, they're, they're great, they look good, but they don't really convey the whole, the whole story. Like there's a massive context that we sometimes miss out on. The shepherds might have been chilling out under the stars like they are in my imagination, but they, along with Mary and Joseph and all the other Jews in the land of Israel at the time, were a people under oppression. They were under the Roman occupation. They were living under Roman rule and reign. The, re- the reason why Mary and Joseph were in Bethlehem was because Quirinius, Roman emperor, Caesar Augustus, had ordered it. The government had ordered it. Mandate. <laughs> Trigger word. The government had decreed that everyone had to be registered. And to be registered, they had to go to their hometown. So even though, and like, there's all kinds of things, threads going in here. Even though this is their hometown, even though this is where Joseph's from, there's nowhere for them to stay. They couldn't even go stay with their family. I don't know why. It doesn't say. They, there was no hotel for them, no motor in, no campground. And it was all the emperor's fault. <laughs> Just happens that God was allowing this to fulfill prophecy, Right? Well, something to think about there. For these people, good news would have been hearing, opening up their news app, would have been hearing that the Romans were done. Romans are gone. You guys are free again. You've got autonomy in your own land. The Jewish people, this is your land. Romans are gone. That would have been good news. Good news would have been like the news their ancestors had heard. Like we've been doing, we've been looking at Exodus for a while this year. And the, the, these are the ancestors of the Jewish people, you know, at the time of Jesus. The Israelites were enslaved under the rule and reign of Pharaoh. They were mistreated. And then in this, you have Moses. He's a, an 80-year-old failure. <laughs> he's, a, he's a shepherd not even looking after his own sheep. He's looking after his father-in-law's sheep. And an angel of the Lord, uh, this is, ma- this is the, one of the amazing ways of the, that the Bible works. The angel of the Lord appears to a shepherd and he's out looking after his father-in-law's sheep. And he comes with this message of good news. And then Moses goes to the people of Israel with this message from God. Which was, 
You can read it in Exodus 6. I am the Lord, and I'll bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will deliver you from slavery to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people. I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who has brought you out from the burdens of the Egyptians. This is the, this is Mo, this is the message that the angel spoke to Moses, and then Moses was spoke that message of good news to the Israelites. And then God acted, and we, we've been thinking about that a lot, with his outstretched arm. He delivered them from, uh, from under being under Pharaoh and the Egyptian rulers. God revealed his power over the spiritual forces that were oppressing the people of Israel, the people of God. God then set them free. And then 1,300 years later, this is what I think is so beautiful, 1,300 years later, another group of shepherds, Outlying under the stars, and an angel of the Lord appears and speaks those words of good news. Why is this good news? I was going to skip my notes, but I'm, I'm actually just following them. But I'm on to page three already, so we're doing all right. So the angel says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You're like, oh, okay, that sounds cool. Good story. But but this is, this, is a, this, is, this is a sentence of shorthand. There's a whole lot of words here. There's a few words here that conveys a massive promise that the, that the Jews at the time understood. And it links back to promises and prophecies that spoke of a person to come who would be their liberator, who would be their savior, who would set, uh, who set them free from oppression, who would usher in a new day, a kingdom, the kingdom of God. Micah, he was one of these prophets, Micah said, but you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, you who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, for, for from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Okay, so they were in Bethlehem for a reason. The prophet Jeremiah. There's many prophecies you can look at. I've just pulled out a few. The prophet Jeremiah spoke of this future king who is going to be the best king. This is Jeremiah 23 verse 5. It says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah, Judah, <laughs> will be saved. It's good. You're good. Awesome for you. And Israel will dwell securely, and this is the name by which he shall be called. The Lord is our righteousness. So the Jewish people expected and hoped for this person that was to come, the Savior King. And the word they had for this person was, was Messiah, which in Greek is Christ. So when the angel says, for unto you, born this day in the city of David, is Savior who is Christ the Lord, all these things are coming together. All these prophecies, they're going, oh my goodness. This is it. This is the day. Christ, our Messiah, our, our Savior, our Liberator. And we, were, we looked at what the prophet Isaiah said last week. And remember, this is like, um, what was it, um, 800 years before Jesus. Isaiah said, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Because he's got, strong, he's got strong shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counsel, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time forth forever, the zeal of the Lord of the hosts will do this. So, the angel of the Lord 
had spoken in a few in a few words like this message of good news, of great news, of the ultimate good news. The King, Christ the Lord, the long-awaited Savior, had come and it had, in fact had been born this very day, they said. 25th of December, 0000. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. The angel, when you think about it, the angel was a supernatural evangelist bringing, bringing this, the good news, the gospel message. Good news, gospel. To the shepherds, and they couldn't hold them back. Held, they couldn't hold themselves back from like just chasing after, running to uh, seeking out this where this baby was. This baby lying in a manger, and that just blows my mind. When I imagine it, like we've got our baby Eli, and like, the idea of putting him. I was talking to Tessa about this yesterday. Like, what is a manger? A manger is a trough that animals come and eat from. Like to take Eli and like place him in a manger. Oh my word. Our humble king. This is the king of kings. God's own son in a manger. But this, this baby lying in, in the trough is the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, the prince of peace. This is the good news of great joy. Great joy. The king of kings had arrived. He was born as a baby and in, in his life and ministry. He ushered in the kingdom of God, healing people of diseases, setting people free from demons, raising people from death to life, and more. I mean, last week I, I said something that wasn't quite right, so um, I wanted to correct it. I, 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 it sounded to me like I said, <laughs> it sounded to me like I said when I listened back to it, that, that the kingdom of God or, or Shalom entered at the point when Jesus died on the cross. But that's not right. Because the king of kings was born. He was born the king of kings. And he ushered in the, king, the kingdom through his whole life. The kingdom was breaking through through his whole life. This is what he says. This is what Jesus says. His death was important. His death and his death and his resurrection. He had the ultimate victory over sin and death and the spiritual forces of evil. Man, this sounds like, this sounds like the liberation of, of the Israelites from Exodus, doesn't it? The mighty hand of God. So when we shift our allegiance, this is why I think that the, that the Lord wants us to think about this today. When we shift our allegiance from the things of this world, when we shift our allegiance to the things of this world, to the King of Kings, then we come under His rule and reign. We become united with Him. We become subjects of His kingdom. We taste of His kingdom today. Treats and delights. All kinds of wonderful things. And we look forward at the same time, we look forward to the King returning in glory. Good news of great joy. This is the gospel. It's not just about dying and going to heaven. It's good news of great joy today. The king has come. And he's come to usher in his kingdom to proclaim good news to the poor. This is what the king said. I've come to, bring, to proclaim good news to the poor. I've come to proclaim liberty to the captives. Recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And that's good. That's good news. There's an old song that we used to sing at Boys Brigade. Nicholas might remember it. I think we sang it at Boys Brigade. It went like this, uh, about the flag flying high. Do you remember that one? 
Anyway, I had the line, joy is a flag flying high from the castle of my heart. Da, 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 my heart. From the castle of my heart. Joy is a flag flying high from the castle of my heart. Because the king is in residence here. That's so true, eh? There's heaps of lines to that song. Anyway, it says, it says in the passage we just looked at, man, I'm racing through this. Good timing. It says in Luke that Mary, Jesus' mother, treasured these things. It wasn't just the story of the, of the shepherds, but it was more. She treasured all these things. She, she stored them up in her heart. And this, this really is key for building up joy in our hearts. Willie touched on it. He spoke about it. Ben spoke about it. What are you storing up in your heart? Self-reflection moment. What are you storing up in your heart? What are you treasuring? What are you feeding into your life? Or like the words of Willie, you know, what are, the, what are the tracks that you keep walking? Those well-worn tracks. This is a good time this morning and, and during the season of Advent as we prepare for Christmas to take stock, a stock take of the inputs in your life. The things that you dwell on and think about. The things you treasure. And, and do it through this lens of building joy into your life. What are the story you're living towards or the story you're living in? There's a, there's a narrative of the world. You, can, you might think, what, what are, what's the world's way to happiness? Or what's the world's way to joy, I should say? When I think about that, I think that the world's way to joy is by seeking happiness. Happiness at all costs. As long as I'm happy, it's all good. I'm going to discover joy by... Um, by pursuing happiness. Or the narrative of God. What's the narrative of God? What's the story of God? We've just been talking about it. <laughs> the king has come. His kingdom is already amongst us. And it's going to come in its fullness on the day when Jesus returns. Romans 12 says, Paul, uh, in Romans 12, Paul says, Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So we actually like, get to participate in this. Uh, we, we prayed before, and I believe it's true, that the, the Spirit of God would, would deposit joy in our hearts, but we also get to partner with that. We take responsibility for our own thoughts, our own thought life. The narrative of the world, I said that, is to seek joy by seeking happiness. The narrative of God is to discover joy by seeking Jesus. Last week I said the same thing. Discover peace by pursuing Jesus. And, and it turns out that I plagiarized Tessa. She said, discover love by pursuing Jesus. <laughs> so, oh, great timing. Man, this is so awesome. So, that's not it. I haven't quite finished. I've got hot tips, pro tips for building joy in, in your life. I've got to say, I'm not a pro at this at all. I'm an absolute amateur, but I'm like, man, this is, man, this is something I want to I do. Like, just give me a wave. Who wants more joy in your life? I just didn't see those hands over there. A few hands down. <laughs> no, I'm sure you all do. We want more joy. So how do we go about, or another way to put about it is, like, how do we enter into the story of God? I mean, I was going to do this cool, fun exercise this morning and get you to pull out um, my favorite app on your phone, which is Uversion. I mean, you could do this another time. Um, Uversion, there's a little search button, which looks like a magnifying glass at the bottom. Click on that search button and type in joy. And then all these verses of joy come up. The Bible is filled with verses about joy. 
I'm not covering it all this morning. That's something you can do. Okay, tips for build, pro tips for building joy in your life. Are you ready for it? Okay, invite the Spirit of God and keep inviting Him. <laughs> keep inviting Him. You might do this daily. Lord, fill me with your joy. Romans 14, 17, we said it last week. The kingdom of joy is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. I like what Ben said, eh? Like, that seriousness, seriousness is not a fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Okay, that's hot tip number one. It's probably the best thing you can do daily. Oh, Lord, fill me with your joy. You might do this multiple times during the day. You might be at, your, in your, at school and it's lunchtime and you just want to go home, but you have to stay for the rest of the day. You're like, fill me with joy. You might be in a stink meeting at work and there's all kinds of tension and anxiety and pressure. And, and you, you know, you can pray quietly, like in your mind. Lord, fill me with your joy. <laughs> Spirit of God. Okay, that's hot tip number one. Hot tip number two. Build the Word of God into your daily rhythms. Make time to dwell on scriptures. The Bible has a lot to say about joy. <laughs> you vision. That was the tip from before. The Bible has a lot to say about joy. So much. It's like, maybe God wants us to be joyful. Maybe he does. Have you ever worked with people or be around people and it's like the, what they're overflowing is not really joy but something else? Oh, man, I've been around... Maybe I'm like that sometimes. It's not fun. You feel like your strength, like, oh, man, I started the day pretty well, but you're bringing me down, dude. That's overflow with joy for ourselves and for the people around us. This is win-win. Oh, this is such good stuff, guys. All right, hot tip number one, we up to three. Do you know that news media is not designed to bring you joy? This might be, like, groundbreaking. It's not designed to bring you joy. Back when I was in 12 years old, Dad, I had a speech and I went, negative news. And do you know, I reckon that maybe, and I could be wrong on this, but, um, but the news media that we look at is doing whatever they can just to get us interested. And the best thing that they can do, the, the easiest thing that they can do to get us interested is actually to have things that, A, make us fearful, B, make us bitter, C, make us angry. D, where are we up to? A, B, C, D. D, make us not like other people, right? Okay. Okay, got that? News, the news is not designed to make you happy. So my advice is, and this is probably straight from the Bible, probably not. Anyway, my advice is be careful. Be careful. Be wary of, of, uh, of when you look at the news. Just be aware, okay? This is not designed to be, bring me joy. I want to be filled with joy, okay? You might want to have a, um, a weekly fast from the news. Oh, wow. It can be hard. Break those habits. Okay. Where are we up to? A, B, eight, one, two. I'm kind of like mixing my things. One, two, three, four. Okay, four. Hot tip. Next one. Do you know that social media is not designed to bring you joy? It's not. It's designed to, to hook you in. And to keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And I said, this sounds like, this sounds like something I said before. Like the easiest way to do that is actually to make you feel afraid, you know, to build those emotions up. It, it can be good. I don't want to say that's all bad. It can be good, you know. Like you might see something cool that your friend has done a week ago. I don't know. Okay. 
Yes, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, YouTube is designed to bring you joy. Okay, so the tip there is just be careful. Be careful and wary of, of social media. And again, like having a day off a week, it can be a good idea. You might, you might go, actually, over Christmas, over my New Year's holiday, I'm going to take two weeks break and just see how you feel. Like I've started like practicing this, and it, man, it's actually amazing. Like a day off, two days off, you go, ah, oh, I feel quite good about this. Okay, okay. Where are we up to now? This one comes from Pastor John Cameron. Uh, this is he at the beginning of last year he had these life hacks, and his life hack was um, to um, to not look at the news or social media for the first and last half an hour of each day. Like when you wake up in the morning, do you want the first thing in your mind to be what's on stuff or what's on social media? Well, you might. I don't know. I, but I've discovered that if that's the first thing I look at, my heart starts kind of racing. I just have these feelings I don't want. It's not joy. So the best thing that we can do, I reckon, I agree with um, Pastor Cameron on this, is that um, if, if we can input into our hearts the first thing in the day and perhaps in the last thing in the evening is actually like the Word of God or these promises of God or you might like have some go-to verses, like feeding on that stuff, our daily bread, life hacts. It's, it's actually really, it's so practical, eh? You know that we're talking at the moment about the, like, the spiritual discipline of joy, Oh, that's the best, that's the best one of all. <laughs> spiritual discipline is just, it's just another word for like a practice, a spiritual practice. It's actually not that spiritual, is it? This is, it's just a matter of like leaving your phone in the cupboard or something. Um, Willie, um, up on the screen, he, he quoted from uh, Philippians somewhere, he said, but it's Philippians 4, 4, 9, it says, Paul says, and remember when Paul wrote this, Philippians, back, back story, Philippians is like one of the most joyful books in the New Testament, where was Paul when he wrote that book? In prison. What does that tell you about joy? It can be anywhere. Oh, that's awesome. That's so awesome. And he said, so we should listen to Paul, because obviously he probably knew something. He goes, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Which is another way of saying, think about the good stuff. Like, uh, in, you know, I think the best thing to think about, this is the foundation of Jesus and who Jesus is. But just think about, the, he doesn't say, he's like, think about the good things. Like, think about, I have a tendency to replay bad experiences over and over in my mind. You're the same? Like, you have a bad experience and you replay that over and over in your mind. What if, what if you can kind of go, okay, I'm going to practice the spiritual discipline. I'm getting into the practice spiritual discipline of joy today. I'm getting all serious. I'm going to practice, like, I'm going to relive and remember the good thing, like a, a good memory. Like, even now, why don't you think of something, think of something cool that's happened today, something that you'd like to do again. You might have had an awesome cup of coffee at breakfast. You can relive that. Oh, that was a good taste. Or, uh, I'm just, I mean, I'm just giving you my memories. Oh, I love peanut butter on toast. But well, bigger things, like, okay, here's a, just a real example. I mean, the night, we've had some rough nights. I don't want to keep talking about rough nights, but um, on Friday night and then um, uh, in the morning, um, Elena ended up coming through quite early, and so she ended up um, getting in, in bed with me and Tessa, and I was just lying there going, oh, this is nice, like having a cuddle with the family. That's a memory I'd love to, I didn't want it to end. That was a, a memory I was just going to like replay. This is actually building joy. Think about these things. Paul says to practice 
Practice. Practice the spiritual discipline of joy. Is that it? I think so. <laughs> so there's a lot in there. Um, one of my, uh, one of the first verses, <laughs> this might tell you something about me. Um, when I, you know how you and your teenager, some of you might not know, know this, but people speak about, people talk about, oh, the Lord spoke to me through a scripture. And I never really got that until one day I was reading Proverbs and this proverb really stuck out to me and I thought maybe that's the Lord speaking to me. And so this was the verse, this is the proverb that stuck out to me. My first verse that the Lord spoke to me. He said, laughter can conceal a heavy heart, but when the laughter ends, the grief remains. (laughs) No kidding. That was the first one that I felt. I'm like... Too funny, eh? But that's true. That's true. That's true. Sometimes you might be laughing on the outside and you might be crushed on the inside. Sometimes you might be crying on the outside and full of joy on the inside. You can be, like if you've ever been to a funeral for a Christian brother or sister or relative, that can be a moment of sadness but of deep joy. Um, Another story, (laughs) then I'll wrap up. Back in the 90s, this is quite, it's sort of funny like looking back, but the Holy Spirit was up to some interesting things. And one of the things that was kind of going on that was causing a lot of controversy in the church that time, given that some of the things we've just been looking at and that maybe the the Lord is a God of joy. Anyway, you'd have these gatherings and, um, you know, the Holy Spirit would, would fall upon people and people would start laughing. Don't do that. Seriously, it caused a lot of tension, eh, Dad? A lot of controversy. The Holy Spirit wouldn't make people laugh, would he? Can't be the Holy Spirit, people laughing. And to be fair, it was pretty weird. You'd be in the middle of a service and all of a sudden someone in the back row would start laughing. You go, what's, what's funny? <laughs> and nothing was funny. It was quite weird. And I, I mean, I felt sometimes uncomfortable. And no, it's uncomfortable when someone starts laughing. And then you start laughing along because they are laughing. And eventually, like, everyone would be laughing. God, that can't be God, though. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Isn't it true? Oh, my goodness. So I think think from my brief study of the Scriptures that maybe the Lord does want us to be joyful. Maybe the Spirit of God doesn't mind when we we do laugh. Um, Like, baby monkey. (sighs) <sighs> I'll leave it there. Do you want to stand? <laughs> He'll stand. He'll stand. Oh, Holy Spirit, Lord, we get too serious too much, too often. And Lord, I know there's so much going on in the world, and there's so much tension, and there's so much stuff that drags us down. But Lord, you are the God of joy. And Lord, even now, would you fill us with joy? Lord, even, Lord, you remind us of the best jokes we've ever heard or the best memories, Father. And I pray, Lord, that you'd repair those, like, those, those well-worn paths in our mind that actually like, don't lead to joy but lead to anxiety and depression and, and worse, Lord, that you would like, um, you'd actually cause like a, um, a restoration in those areas, Lord, that you would cause like, growth in those places. And instead of well-worn paths in our minds, that they would become overgrown. And instead, the paths that are easy to walk along are those paths that bring us joy. Holy Spirit, would you come, Lord? Would you come even now, God? Fill our hearts with joy. May we have the kind of joy that, that, that the angels spoke of. 
great joy, the joy that Paul experienced and lived out, the joy that Jesus promised we would have, the joy that's spoken out all through the scriptures. And may we be a people who overflow with joy. Amen. 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 <laughs>